Welcome to the Babbling Banter Podcast with me, Cole Manning. You are probably asking yourself, what's all this babbling banter going to be all about? Well, throughout this podcast, I'll be sitting down with my peers to hear their stories and also banter about hot topics affecting our personal and professional lives and beyond. Please enjoy, and even if you don't, please hit subscribe. Welcome back to the Babbling Banter Podcast with me, Cole Manning. On today's episode, I'll be sitting down with my friend and colleague, McCoy Campui, to discuss his experience of growing up in a household with parents who are first-generation immigrants. Please enjoy, and don't forget to hit subscribe. What's up, McCoy? How are you doing today, buddy? I'm all right. How are you, Cole? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just, uh trying to survive this pandemic that we're currently uh, experiencing. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? It is wild. It is wild. So basically, give my audience a little background. Uh, McCoy invited me and my girlfriend out to an open mic night that him and his wife were doing in uh, Zeeland, Michigan. Uh, his wife sings, and she did an excellent job. Uh, and McCoy was doing stand-up comedy, uh, which if anyone's ever met McCoy, I don't know if they would think that's something he does in his spare time. Uh, he's a bit awkward. I love it. Don't ever lose it. Uh, so when he told me he was going to be doing some stand-up, I was like, I gotta see this. Uh, was not sure how it would go, uh, but he did an excellent job. Uh, so that's why I brought him on. Uh, so if you could, uh, McCoy, kind of jump into what your stand-up routine was about, uh, and then just kind of talk about the, uh, the cultural hurdles that uh, you had to face uh, within your own household. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Cole. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me on to the show. Uh, and hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I know everyone's kind of hunkered down right now. Uh, yeah, so Cole and I, we work together. Uh, and I invited Cole out to Cole and his girlfriend out to this, this stand up special. And I just wanted to talk about my family, really, because um, so my, my family, my heritage is Laotian. You know, so my parents, uh, my grandparents, my uncles and aunts, my entire extended family, they're from this tiny little country in Southeast Asia called Laos. And uh, it's sandwiched between Thailand and Vietnam, two more well-known countries. And most people have only really heard of this area due to the Vietnam War conflict. And so my parents and their family, like many others, they were escaping the war when they came to America. They they left because the communists were coming in. And at the time, uh, the communists uh, were kind of sweeping through all of Southeast Asia, starting from Russia. And America had gone into these countries, whether by influence or by military force, to kind of fight back. And uh, the Vietnam conflict kind of enveloped my parents' home country and my my mom, uh, her family, uh, her dad, my grandfather on her side, um, he was actually a general in the Laotian army at the time and five stars and everything. And so when the communists came in and the Americans were pulling out, um, my my grandfather, you know, he had to stick stick around. They had to stay behind to kind of do their best to defend the country. 
but uh, obviously the communists took over and they were under communist rule for a while. And during that time, my, my mom, they had to make plans to kind of escape the country. Um, and it was really secretive the way they did it because the communists, they broke my mom's family up and they sent my mom to Vietnam to study. My uncle, uh, her older brother, he went to Bulgaria. And uh, my other uncle, he went to study uh, to become a doctor in Cuba. And so it was my grandparents. And then they had two younger children that were still kind of stuck with them. Um, they were kind of stuck in the home country without their, their other kids, their older kids. And so they were they were afraid to leave because they were afraid of what would happen when these older kids, including my mom, came back to the country. Um, so they they kind of had this like secret underground group, this underground movement that that snuck people out of the country. And so my grandpa, he had a lot of influence still with a lot of the old guard. And he told them, you know, when my kids get back, take them out of the country. And so that allowed him and my grandmother to take their two younger children and come to America and wait for my mom and her other brothers to come back. Um, so that was their story. And then my dad, he was, uh, his family was from a poor part of, of Laos. And so they just escaped with the other refugees. They went north to Thailand. And Thailand wasn't necessarily letting, uh, letting people in at the time. They actually had a refugee camp set up along the border. And so the UN had come in and set up this refugee camp. And so my parents or my dad was there with his his family. And then they eventually got moved to the Philippines before they came to America. So um, that's really how my parents got here. And then through some weird circumstance, both my mom and my dad happened to move up to Michigan at the same time looking for work. And uh, they they kind of knew some people in the same circles, some other Laotian people in the area. And uh, then that's how they got introduced to one another and started dating. And then I was born um, sometime after that uh, in Holland, uh, West Michigan here. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy uh, coming from that kind of a background because growing up in America, um, I didn't have the context for that, that conflict. So I didn't understand this poverty mindset that my parents both had um, because growing up, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really want for anything, you know, like my parents gave me everything that I needed, uh, and I lived a pretty good life mm -hmm. and, but it came about because my parents knew what it was like to be poor. Um, and they came to this country and they really worked hard to just build up what we had. Um, but there, there are some, some downfalls to that. Um, I know Cole, you're, uh, you mentioned how, <laughs> how my dad I, I called him a racist in front of a bunch of people for my stand-up and um <clears throat> that i think that this is a really common thing among immigrants and among anyone really but like one of the things that that a lot of immigrants suffer from is uh is xenophobia you know they come from these countries where a majority of the time, especially in like Southeast Asia, the, the country is homogenous. You know, there aren't very many non-Laotian people in Laos, and there weren't at the time. I would say less than a percent of the of the country's population was non-Laotian, and so they come to this country where they encounter, you know, white people, black people, Mexican people, all for the first time, for the most part, and 
and things are things are awkward things are scary for them um my dad especially uh he he went to a school in the inner city in in dallas you know and and because of that like he got into a lot of fights with the other ethnic minorities mm-hmm. um so 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 he grew up in america and kind of adopted this mindset of like i'm going to take care of what's mine and what's right. mine is my people my family right and so growing up when i when i was a kid like i didn't really understand it um because i didn't understand racism i didn't understand um right because you had why it was nothing new to you right that's right where majority racism stems from is 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 truly is is ignorance and just lack of knowledge right and just being comfortable because you know you're like oh everyone always looks like this your parents you know they're like they're everyone's always look like this acts like this uh they have a certain culture and they come here uh and they come to the melting pot uh, as we like to say of america in it would not that it's right but definitely i could see it being scary you can you imagine yeah. just seeing motherfuckers like me just running around like, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people just walking into offices, just going, whoa, like just screaming. Yeah. I don't yeah. wonder they're fucking scared. You know what I mean? I pray yeah. they never yeah. meet me. You know what I mean? Like, geez, your dad will probably just pour chocolate milk on my face. That we'll, we'll touch on that later. But, you know, yeah. So that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, no, they- yeah, it's uh yeah, when they first got here it was definitely a, a culture shock to them. And I grew up, you know, um with my parents telling me all these things about other people that I ultimately believed for a very long time. Right. Like when I first started kindergarten, you know, it was the first time that I'd really met non-Laotian kids because until that point in time, my parents kept me really ingrained in the Laotian community, you know, all all the Laotian people in West Michigan, we just hung out together. It's called so sheltered, people, McCoy. You were fucking the, sheltered. I was sheltered. I was sheltered a lot, and um, and even among my um, among my cousins, my sister and I, you know, my sister's two years younger than me. Um, my parents sheltered us specifically uh, a lot harder than my cousins felt sheltered right. because they they grew up and they watched MTV, they watched mm-hmm. like Nickelodeon and all these. Oh, not Nickelodeon. Yeah. Holy oh, yeah, I know, right? shit. Did they turn out all right or what? Holy fuck. They, <laughs> <laughs> they probably well, went off the it, deep end, right? Uh, it, de- it depends on your definition of what all right is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, they're they're all good. They're, we, My cousins and I, we all keep in touch pretty closely. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's so weird um, the way that we were raised, how my parents sheltered us so much because like, ultimately I would end up seeing my cousins and they would end up introducing me to all this stuff too, you know? And so it was like, what was the point of you sheltering me? I was going to, I was going to learn it at some point. Yeah. And then going to school um, and meeting a bunch of white kids for the first time and Mexican yep. kids and, and yep. some black kids, mm-hmm. uh, which very few black kids in West Michigan. I'll just say that much, at yeah. least in, in the Holland Zealand area. Yep. Um, but I, I went from being, um, ingrained in the Laotian community to being kind of thrown into the Dutch Holland mm-hmm. Zealand community. Yep. And so it was this huge change for me. And I remember um, growing up, my parents, they told us a lot of old wives tales to like keep us from doing things that scare they didn't you. like. And one of the, yeah, to scare us, to scare us. 
one of those things, you know, was like not to drink caffeine. So they like, we wouldn't be allowed to have caffeinated pop like Coca-Cola and Dr. Pepper because uh, my mom saw some report that said, yeah, caffeine uh, induces short-term memory loss. And, and so she was like, you, you kids, you need your memory. You, you need to be smart because this is a country where smart people thrive, but you can't have caffeine. So I, I spent the longest time as a kid drinking just like Sprite and seven up and, (laughs) and, and all these clear pops without caffeine. And, uh, another thing that's, you got Go Mark. You got Mark Zuckerberg. He looks like that motherfucker. He survives on Monster. Look at him in his fucking <laughs> just his crew neck. No, there's no way. Oh God, Monster. Yeah, that wasn't even a thing when I was a kid. Energy drinks and stuff. Oh, it, was, it was, but they hit it. They hit it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like Surge, right? Was probably one of the bigger yes. ones. Um, but another thing, Cole, that you mentioned that uh, my parents taught me was that. Um, <laughs> If I drank chocolate milk, right, or if I had chocolate, um, it would make me black, right? It would turn <laughs> my skin black. Because I'd always wondered, I'd always wondered, like, how can someone, um, someone have such dark skin, right. like like black people? And my my mom would say, oh, well, it's because of all the chocolate that they they had. And of course, that coupled with the fact that my parents were afraid of black people and taught me to be afraid of black people right. it instilled this kind of racist mentality of like oh i can't have chocolate milk right. i can't have chocolate milk otherwise i'm going to turn black and be scary too yeah and then and then i get to kindergarten and i'm surrounded by white kids and a couple mexican kids and one black kid in my kindergarten class and i'm looking around on the first day of class at lunchtime and all these little white kids were drinking chocolate milk and the one girl next to me ashley i i turned to her and she was drinking chocolate milk and i said hey ashley like why are you drinking chocolate milk don't you know that that makes your skin turn black and she's like what are you talking about i've been drinking chocolate milk all my life and she was like pale pale Um, six she, whole years she, of chocolate milk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Six whole years of chocolate milk. And she was still pale little white Dutch yeah. girl. Yep. And I was like, Oh, this is a lie. My yeah. parents lied to me. Oh my God. And from that point forward, I like couldn't trust anything that they said. So like, I started to question everything that they had taught me at that point. Right. Um, and I was like a five-year-old that, you know, and, yep. and questioning, these uh, racist ideas that had been instilled in me. And again, I didn't know that it was racist. It was just, that's what they taught me. And that's what I understood about the world. And I started to question it. And then I went home and I asked them about it and they just like shut me down. Mm. So I spent the majority of my childhood really just kind of being slightly rebellious. You know, like I was still like the good little Asian kid Mm. studying and being all right in school, you know? Um, and, but I would still do things like, um, drink chocolate milk or drink chocolate milk or, or I remember the first time I invited a white kid to come over to the house, uh, one of my white friends and my parents after, after he went home, um, his his parents came to pick him up. My parents t- turned to me and they said, "You can't invite him over anymore because what happens if he gets hurt, and his parents sue us? Because that's what white people would do. Right. They would sue us for their right. kids getting hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and 
I, I just had to shake my head at that. It's like, well, you know, people get hurt all the time, yep. you know, and it's just the circumstance of what happens. Yep. We just got to create an environment where we're not getting hurt. Right. And so, you know, my parents had this struggle with me where they were trying to keep me from really broadening my horizons and meeting a bunch of new people and doing a bunch of new things. And I had to just kind of push them yep. a little bit at a time. And and granted, like now, I, I'm a pretty introverted person. You know, you mentioned yeah, I am awkward. Sure. You know, I like I love I, it. I don't don't lose I, it. I love it. <laughs> cool. Don't um, fucking lose it. People are so fucking lame. You know, like you're not. I guess like, you speak to most people. I feel like everyone's kind of. I think I think a big thing is I, a lot of people are all following the same trend. Like so, it's like people find out. Oh, this is what makes me cool. And it's like everyone's trying to do that. So then no one has their like everyone's trying to be the same and it's like you guys are fucking lame so when i meet a nice <laughs> awkward asian like you mccoy i just <laughs> i just get on you know so i like it you don't don't ever lose it you know you think about it maybe meeting that little girl when you were in kindergarten was it did you say mm-hmm. maybe yep. maybe what was her name ashley god you know her fucking name meeting yeah. ashley that maybe arguably the single single uh, top five we'll say because you're married so <laughs> top five greatest thing to ever happen to you if you think about it, right so you were yeah. that young and you you didn't know what you were realizing but now you know you're like i was realizing my parents are fucking racist you know yeah. but yeah to, you know and we're just shitting on your parents but if you think about <laughs> it for you know like it's they're just scared at the at the at the end like really at the core they're scared mm-hmm. right they're scared yeah. because of what they don't know they're, they're ultimately they think they're doing the best thing for their kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just it's just so crazy, like little things like that that probably changed your whole life. You're just saying yeah. if you would have never met her, like you might just be like all oh, the rest of these motherfuckers that act the same, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I just that's crazy, dude. That is so nuts. Well, it's, it's interesting that you you point that out, Cole, because like. <clears throat> And it, it's one of the reasons, like, I, I struggle a lot with, like, like especially in, in um, the modern political, uh, geopolitical landscape. Yeah. You know, how, how like, some people can hold such beliefs. But then I, I, I remember, like, yeah, but I was at that point, you know, yep. I, I, I was in a family like that. Yep. And my parents, you know, they, they're so much better now. And, and the thing is, is that, like, the struggle that I had growing up with them pushing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time they said something that I thought was stupid or I didn't agree with, right. I put it in front of them. You know, mm-hmm. like I invited my white friends over and I kept doing it. Right. And I invited black people over to, yep. to the house, black friends and Mexican friends right. and all types of friends. And mm-hmm. they all came over and we just like hung out. And my parents, they weren't just going to turn these people away uh, and yell at them and like, you know, right. out themselves as being racist people. Right. But like, as I did it, they eventually started, you know, yep. wondering where all my friends were, you know, when, when I got to college finally and, and went went to school for the first time outside mm-hmm. of Zealand, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't bringing anyone home anymore. They were like, Oh man, I missed the days where you brought all your friends over and we would, just, right. you would just hang out and it would right. be fun, uh, full house. But at the time they hated it. You know, they were like, Oh, he's, he's bringing all these people mm-hmm. into our house. They're, they're, they're causing mayhem and right. they're gonna they're gonna do all these things all these racist things in their heads yep. 
but but as as they got older and as I put it in front of them, they stopped believing those things. You know, yep. like I'll still catch my parents on on stupid things all the time. Yep. Um, but those core things, those racist things, they they eventually saw that they didn't have to be afraid of people. And it, yeah. all it took was just actually meeting those people, you know, actually meeting my friends, my white friends, yeah. my black friends, my Mexican friends. And, and so I think getting back to my original point, like, yeah, like it sucks that I, I feel like there are some, there are racist people out there now. Um, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't like to admit about America is that like, even though we had the civil rights movement, and even though we've had the civil war and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, we made huge leaps and bounds, yep. but racism hasn't really disappeared. You know, people think that like, Oh, Martin Luther King, you know, he, he killed racism, but black people know better, you know, like right. black people know, yeah, racism is still, still around yeah. Asian people. You know, we still, Japanese people still remember the internment camps when, yep. when world war two happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, so racism hasn't disappeared. Like, yeah generations have gone by so we're far farther removed yeah, from it for sure but but it's like it's taken a different form you know there's more passive aggressiveness involved yeah you know, i think it, i think it's built into people right so i do believe mm-hmm. that, that i don't I, I honestly i don't think racism will ever go away because there's sure. so many different types of racism uh you just don't like someone because you're ignorant and you don't you don't know enough about them but sure um i think i think the the issue is the problem is is that um, we still have that the the that race extremely racist generation still mm-hmm. exists right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it still exists and they don't know better and then they mm-hmm. they taught you know our parents and then you know kids just become like where I used to live like there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that I I think that um, I don't know if I'd say they're um, yeah, I'd probably say they're racist. They're just ignorant. They just don't know enough, you know. And the, sure, the things yeah. they would, the things they would joke about when I was in high school, and I just didn't realize it, you know. And then I got, mm-hmm. I went to college. I went to a, a predominantly black college, and mm-hmm. so I really noticed it at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it was crazy, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you know overall, I think it's good that that you realize that and you met Ashley. Really, I think Ashley. I don't know if you're <laughs> listening, but like you made a difference. Uh, just uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think I think I like that uh, you topped it all off, and you just really wanted to piss your parents off, so you married a fucking ginger. So that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. You know. And then they're like, yeah. "Oh, we fucking hate her." And then she sings, and she's fucking awesome at. It. And they're like, "Oh, okay, cool. She's talented too." So now I fucking hate her for that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, they, they love kidding. my wife. I know, buddy. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's I. You're right. Um. And that's the thing, I guess, to, to top it off, to end it off with like a really hopeful note, I yeah. don't think that, um, I don't think that racism is incurable, you know, and that's, a, that's, if my parents are an example of anything yeah. that, um, and the, and to, to kind of reframe it too, uh, I remember listening to a talk where, uh, someone said that to call someone racist means that they are racist to in their being, right? Yep. That they're, they are this adjective. But, yep. but what if we reframed it as like, yeah, what you said there was racist. What you did there was racist. These these other things around you that you're doing are racist. Yep. But that doesn't necessarily make you um, incurable of yep. those things, right? Because people can you change. Are, exactly. 
Exactly. And and all it takes is education, man. And yep. like you said, just and being open minded, right? Just realizing Absolutely. It, for Absolutely. sure. I think forcing Absolutely. I think if there's if there's one thing I take away from this and hearing about your situation and your parents' situation is um, sometimes people just have to be forced into uncomfortable situations, right? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, mm-hmm. um, your parents did that to you. You realized mm-hmm. it, and then you did it back to them. And whether they realize it or not, you fucking help them, right? Yep. And yep. Um, I, I think I think that's huge, honestly. Um, but I won't keep you for much longer, McCoy. Um, sure. I appreciate you coming on. I'm definitely going to have you again. Uh, this was awesome, buddy. Uh, I'm glad to see you didn't turn out like a pe- you know like a piece of shit. So uh, <laughs> that's all good. Uh, but uh, um, I appreciate McCoy, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. See you, Cole. Stay healthy. Stay safe. All right, buddy. That's it for this episode of the Babbling Banter Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I'd like to thank you for tuning in and also thank McCoy for stopping by. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your way out.